It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Hey, good morning. Let's start with the, we were just talking off there about the uh, the leaf blower ban and in the Oak gas-powered Bay. ban in Oak Bay. Not only there, it's here at the legislature. Okay. We're actually ahead of the ahead of the curve. So the legislature, just in the last week or so, uh, completely, new, no, the legislature has a pretty significant landscaping outfit oh, yeah. here. Huge. It's huge. Flowers are constantly being replanted. It's a, it's a big operation. They've gone uh, 100% um, uh, green now, uh, no gas-powered uh, equipment. I just talked to one of the landscapers out there. There's quite a crew out here now, uh, more so than the the old uh, crew. There's about a seems to be a dozen young people uh, using electric uh, and battery-powered uh, equipment, leaf blowers, uh, lawnmowers, and they got a big lawn at the legislature. And we're talking, we're not talking about a little handheld lawnmower. These are the John Deere tractor types. Oh, uh, and they're ele- they're electric. They're though. all electric. Wow! And it's quite an operation. They're all set up shop in the back of the legislature. So, legislature's gone green as well on, when it comes to landscaping. Okay, this is had- my wife and I have. I have to say, spent four hundred bucks on a battery-powered lawnmower and weed whacker. How's that working out for you? It's been great. It's a lot quieter. Yeah, and a lot more convenient. Yeah, is and a lot it- cheaper because if you're using gas, gas is expensive. Yeah, and anyone who's electric with those that cord that you wrap around your neck and your shoulders and try not to drive over it when you're cutting your lawn. That's so it's a it's the way of the future. Although we had an interesting. Uh, range of phone calls on the open line on this issue a short time ago. So I had one guy call in who runs a, a landscaping company that's all electric, and he, he actually markets his company mm-hmm. that way. The customers like it. Another guy calls in. He runs a landscape company. It look too expensive. The, the batteries don't last long enough. I'm not going to do it. And so, that, that's the, the knock on it. But again, the, the, again talking to the, the group here, they went all electric about two years ago, and they say yeah. it's paying off for them. Yeah. It's, it's a lot cheaper for them. Uh, now, there's... Uh, the issue of batteries with electric vehicles or electric equipment is an ongoing issue. They only can come, lithium can only come from certain places in the world, and the batteries can be quite expensive. And in terms of um, repair and maintenance, uh, we're sort of at the beginning of uh, experiences with that type of thing. Okay, let's talk about the uh, the freeze on handguns mm. uh, announced on Monday by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And my first guest on the show this morning, Keith, was a guy who runs a gun store in Surrey. And he said he did about one month's worth of business in one day mm-hmm. yesterday as customers swarm into his store, all looking to buy a handgun before this freeze kicks in. So Trudeau had said that the plan here is to cap the market for handguns. That's certainly not going to happen in the short term. There's well, probably been more handguns sold in the last 24 hours than yep. in, in ever in a 24-hour period in Canada. Over the long term, though, the number will become more stable. But it doesn't answer the one of the big problems with guns in Canada is smuggling them over the border. That's where a lot of these illegal gu- guns are arriving, uh, and this legislation well, Trudeau, doesn't t- touch that. Well, Trudeau says he's clamping down on that, too. They put in more resources at the border. We'll They've confiscated more guns last year than before. But, so. again, this is a classic issue. So Mendocino, the, the minister, is out here today, out in Surrey, to, again, uh, talk about this, get some coverage. This is a, a wedge issue from the Liberals' point of view with the Conservatives. A Nanos poll out today in Ontario shows 80% support for this uh, this announcement for Trudeau. 
That's uh, manna from heaven for the Liberals when vote-rich Ontario has that type of support. Yeah, you know when these key cabinet ministers, Marco Mendicino is the Minister of Public Safety in the Trudeau cabinet, and when they start fanning out across the country to re-announce this stuff, you know that they're liking it politically, right? So they're taking a look at the opinion polls on this, and they see a lot of support for it, especially in the urban parts of Canada, where most of the ridings are, when there's a lot of Liberal support. Exactly. So... uh, Greater Toronto loves this type of announcement. That's where all the seats are. Uh, You're going to see similar support, I think, in Metro Vancouver, but less support in uh, in the hinterland of the outlying areas, which has always been the case on gun issues, whether it's the gun registry or not. It plays differently in rural than it does urban. Urban views handguns as basically that's part of the criminal element, but in rural areas, the issue of guns is more about hunting and lifestyle, and that's why there's uh, less support for restrictions. And less anyone thinks there's... Politics is not at play here. I mean, it clearly is. And I think Trudeau sort of showed his hand on that this week. Uh, listen to this comment. So here's Trudeau talking about the handgun freeze. Listen carefully what he says here. I recognize that there are political parties out there and politicians who say they will reverse and bring back assault-style weapons. But we will ensure uh, that we continue to keep those weapons banned. That's an important step forward on keeping that promise we made to Canadians to strengthen gun control in this country, despite certain other people wanting to loosen gun control. Certain Certain other other, people. I wonder who Hmm. he's talking about there. That's just certain other people. Pierre Polyev, perhaps? Yeah, or the Conservative Party in general. Um, They know this is a wedge issue. It was a wedge issue last uh, election campaign to a small degree. They've raised the stakes here. Um, it's similar to yesterday's announcement on uh, decriminalization of drug possession, minor amounts in British Columbia, which is an historic announcement. But again, I think it's uh, it's not going to play as well in conservative quarters as it does in liberal quarters. And, and this is very deliberate strategy. By the well, you know, it's in, it's an interesting kind of parallel, actually, because a lot of people who are looking and analyzing this handgun freeze will say this will make no difference in gun violence in Canada. Similarly, you could argue that decriminalizing the possession of small amounts of fentanyl or cocaine will not make any difference in the overdose rate in British Columbia, too. I mean, you know, you talk to the cops in Vancouver and they'll tell you that we haven't been charging people with drug possession for a long time. Like we just don't, you know, if they stop someone in the downtown east side, they got some, they got cocaine or fentanyl on them or they're not writing them. They're not charging them. Now, if you talk to drug user advocates though, they will say, well, what the cops do is they take their drugs away. They may not charge them, but they take their drugs away. So now they'll, you know, people will be allowed to keep their drugs. Exactly. Yesterday's announcement wasn't about getting the police off people's backs so much as it was, to take away the stigmatization that comes with drug use, you do it underground, it's illegal, you don't want anyone to see you do it, and you do it alone. And that's what we've seen in the pandemic, why the deaths have really increased during the pandemic, because people have been using drugs alone without uh, anyone else in the room. So now, if, so now if you say you're allowed to have possessed small amounts of drugs... Well, you, the, won't, you won't use a loan anymore? Well, the argument is that it's now, it's not criminal. It's not a criminal activity anymore. Well, so what? So, so you're like, let, how, what difference will that make, though? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, again, not an expert here, but the experts say that if it's no longer a criminal activity, you're less likely to do it underground, less likely to do it out in the corners, away from anyone else. If it's deemed to be basically a legal activity, there's no reason to hide it. And so, if you do overdose and you're you're using with someone else, you're you're less likely to you're die. You're less likely to die. Someone is, wow. and that's what's happened in the pandemic. There's been, if you look at the stats for the that come out from the coroner's office, 
so many more people are dying alone yeah. than we've seen before. Okay, it's an interesting issue. We'll talk more about it on tomorrow's show, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, real quickly, I was surprised the transit strike that has yeah. been dragging on in Whistler. Yeah. So there was a, a mediated settlement. Yep. It sounded like the strike was over, and then the workers, lo and behold, vote down the deal. Let me up play a clip here for you. This has been put up by the union. So this is a, a, a Whistler bus driver um, on why he supported the strike. Have a listen. Our wage doesn't increase where cost of living um, these days has skyrocketed, and uh, in Whistler in particular, how can we attract new bus drivers if... Uh, we're not paying them enough. Okay, so the workers vote down this deal. This is a long, dragged-out strike now. Yeah, it's surprising they voted it down. I mean, you're not going to get back the, your lost wages through a 1, 2, 3, 4% uh, wage increase. I think the, rate, the w- rates here range from 1.5% to 4%, depending on the category. But once you start factoring lost wages through a strike, it's hard to make up that lost pay. So it's surprising they voted this down. They're now going to be back on the picket line uh, or on job action for an extensive period of time, and they're losing. I guess money they wanted more. Well, they wanted more money. I guess they wanted a bigger raise. So the bigger question is, yeah, they want a bigger raise. Okay, that's one dispute. We've got three hundred ninety-three thousand unionized workers without contracts in BC uh, for the most part. Uh, all of them are in various stages of contract negotiations. Does this reflect a mood out there amongst people who are willing to do this to say no to a one, two, three percent wage increase, hoping to get more? We're seeing that with the GEU in the midst of a strike vote right now. Um, We've got about 30,000 employees there uh, who want at least 5% a year. The government offering, when the talks broke off, one and a half percent to two percent a year. That's a big gap. And is that ref- does that translate into job action down the line? Okay, could be a signal of more labor strife to come. A lot here of contracts are terminate or have uh, ended and yep. have expired, and a lot of negotiations going on. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders, no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. How you doing? I'm good. good. I'm doing good. Go good, ahead. Good, good. Hey, okay, okay. I just want to talk about the gun issue. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, uh, my, my son is a police officer, and uh, he, he told me straight to my face, he said, Dad, this will not stop anything. It will not stop a thing. What has to happen is we need to change our laws in this country, and even more so what we need to do is we need to man our borders properly. The percentage of guns coming up mm-hmm. is not, it's coming up from the south. They're illegals, illegal weapons coming up from the United States and and Mexico. Yep. Yep. So, so it has to, it has to change, and we need to change we need to change our laws. And if anything, Trudeau needs to man our borders properly. That's what yep. needs to happen. Okay, thank you for the call. Great call, and that and that is the chief criticism here is that um, you know you and I and regular law abiding citizens aren't the problem here, and we don't get our guns illegally. Uh, people who get guns to go to shooting clubs and stuff, they're not the problem. It's the criminals, and the criminals generally get their guns uh, through illegal means. Uh, through smuggling. The New York Times had a story just in the last few days about a drone being spotted near the border. I think it was in Ontario, uh, coming across a lake from the States, and people were very suspicious, and it was... Smuggler? It was brought down, and it ended up 
crashing, and it was eleven guns. Oh wow! Being brought over, someone was sending, smuggled in uh, by smuggled drone. Smuggled in by drone. Wow! So this is a pro- this is a problem in in Mexico and the United States. Guns coming in from Mexico to the states—that's their big problem, and it's a big problem in Canada of guns coming here illegally. So uh. this particular law is going to have some impact, but according to the police and others, it's not going to have the impact on the bad guys. Yeah, Derek calling from Saskatoon. Hi, Derek. Go ahead. Good. How are you doing? I think what Trudeau is doing is 1,000% wrong. I live in the prairies. I'm from B.C. originally, Abbotsford, and uh, I hunt, I fish, I do everything out here, and going after the people legally is wrong. What they need to do is actually go after the criminals. What they need to do is you say if you're in possession of a firearm that you are not legally supposed to possess, have possession of, Welcome to 25 years in jail. We're not going to court. We're not lawyering up. You should not have this in your possession. Welcome okay. to jail. Done. But, but you're not allowed to hunt with a handgun, yeah. right? Yeah. So why do you need a handgun if you're a hunter? Uh, well, there's gun clubs and there's all of that caliber. Like, I mean, people do it for sport out here. Like, I mean, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're allowed to have a handgun in your possession if you're hunting moose and bear. Like, you can finish the animal off. Really? Not a problem. Yeah, oh, that, that's legal. Yeah, so you so you can carry a handgun with you out in the woods in case you're attacked by a bear. Yeah, really, really, okay. Well, I mean, again, this law does not ban the possession of handguns; it bans the purchase. So it's it's basically going forward. Uh, if you have a handgun right now, you're not affected by this law because it's just basically you can't resell that weapon. Yeah, you can't import a weapon. You can't buy. But that you weapon. know, the, the caller pointing out that. The only reason to have a handgun, or the only legal reason to have a handgun, and by the way, I don't think the caller's right there that you can walk around with a handgun in the woods while you're hunting. I, I may be wrong. You know, I, I'll, you know I, can, I stand to be correct on that. But, you know, th- my understanding is the only reason, you, legal reason you can have a handgun is to take it to a legally licensed gun range and use it for sport shooting or target practice or whatever. That's well, it. Well, there's a couple other aspects of this legislation that is not getting as much um, attention. One is that long uh, rifles... Yeah. Now can I only have a, have to be you have to bring them in and have it altered to have a maximum of five rounds right. of ammunition. So yeah. no multiple rounds. That's one. The other one is what's called a red flag law, which gives courts the power to order you to surrender your weapons if you're deemed to be a threat to yourself or someone else. And this particularly applies to domestic violence and criminal harassment. So those are two other aspects yeah. of this bill. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Karen and Surrey. Hi, Karen. Go ahead. Oh, hi, guys. I just wanted to say a couple of things. First of all, less than 3% of any containers coming into our ports are checked for drugs and weapons. Less than 3%. I have a friend that's a sergeant with CBSA. She confirmed that. The other thing I want to say is getting tough on crime. These criminals are, I mean, we've seen many examples of the drawn-out trials of these gangsters that are found with illegal weapons. We need to get tough on crime, and the Liberal government's not getting tough on crime. I'm sorry. Over the years, they've actually done the opposite. So we need to make sure public safety is paramount, and public safety is keeping criminals off the streets, period. Okay, th- Karen, thank you for the call. Well, it's an issue that surfaced in the B.C. legislature the last few weeks where the B.C. Liberals have brought up these, these instances, and we're not talking about gangs in this situation, but these are these habitual, chronic offenders. Yeah. Um, I think Shirley Bond... The liberal leader, a former liberal leader, brought up some guy who's like had 300 interactions with the police over the last uh, couple of years and continues to be out in the community. No consequences. So the, the caller highlights a, pro- a frustrating problem. 
uh, in the system where people, it was, liberals adopted it, catch and release, but yeah. chronic offenders don't seem to be paying any price in terms of penal time. 